We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for January 10th, 2010. And today we're going to be doing a end-time current event study. I'm going to try to alternate the end-time current event studies with different teachings that I get requests for. Now, there's about, as I tell people because I get requests all the time, there's probably about two to 300 other teachings I would like to end up doing, if the truth be told. But I'm only one person, I can only do so much. So I'm going to try to alternate these teachings, barring some cataclysmic current event type of thing coming up like we had recently with the swine flu where I almost really needed to do stuff on a weekly basis. Um, and the reason also for doing these types of studies, really the main reason is to pray about these things and, and fast these, so that if it be the Lord's will, you know, they can be averted. Because if people aren't aware of these situations, if they're not aware of the evil behind these situations, uh, no prayer is going to go up regarding these situations. So this is the reason, you know, the Bible talks about lest um, Satan get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Second Corinthians 2.11. So we just don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices, and this is a big reason for this ministry. The first uh, document we're looking at today here. Uh, it's from Cutting Edge. It's entitled, Startling New Video is Revealing the CIA Created Al-Qaeda Prior to the Attacks of 9-11. This revelation supports the Cutting Edge Declaration in October of 2001 that Al-Qaeda was a straw man organization created by Western intelligence so governments throughout the world would have a definable enemy against which they could wage the, quote, war on terror. Now, uh, there's a video, I'm going to be playing some clips of it in a minute here. And this video demonstrates uh, what Cutting Edge has been teaching since October 2001, that Western intelligence created Al-Qaeda as a terrorist organization, which would be blamed for everything from the attacks of 9-11 to the Iraqi insurgents fighting coalition forces, to Afghan rebels fighting NATO, to nearly every terrorist attack in the past eight years. So let's just look at this video. This is from BBC, British Broadcasting. It's not some, you know, somebody could say, well, though this is from so-and-so, and they're just a conspiracy theorist. Well, this is from BBC. This is what they're openly documenting and finding out. Let's just see what they have to say about this. Even Bin Laden's displays of strength for the Western media were faked. The fighters in this video had been hired for the day and told to bring their own weapons. Okay, so what we're looking at here, and you'll be able to, I'm going to have the PDF for this teaching up, which will be connected with this teaching, so you can go watch it, view it yourself. I try to provide a lot of documentation with the teachings I put up. And we're seeing a picture of Osama bin Laden with these guys walking around him, and they're basically just admitting all of this is staged. And these, they're, these guys that are around him were hired to do this. And it's pretty much just a foregone conclusion that this was happening. For beyond his own small group, Bin Laden had no formal organization until the Americans invented one for him. The Americans invented his entourage, his organization around him. He had no formal organization. This is what they're openly coming out and stating. Now, this has been known for a long time. But now, 
it's as though the mainstream media is even starting to report on some of this. In January 2001, a trial began in a Manhattan courtroom of four men accused of the embassy bombings in East Africa. But the Americans had also decided to prosecute bin Laden in his absence. But to do this under American law, the prosecutors needed evidence of a criminal organization. Because as with the Mafia, that would allow them to prosecute the head of the organization, even if he could not be linked directly to the crime. And the evidence for that organization was provided for them by an ex-associate of bin Laden's called Jamal Al-Fadl. During the investigation of the 1998 bombings, there is a walk-in source, Jamal Al-Fadl, who's a Sudanese militant who was with bin Laden in the early 90s, who has been passed around a whole series of Middle Eastern um, secret services, none of whom want much to do with him, who, who ends up in America and is taken on by uh, the American government, effectively, as a key prosecution witness and given a huge amount of American taxpayers' money at the same time. Um, his account is used as raw material to build up a picture of Al-Qaeda. Uh, the picture that the FBI want to build up is one that will fit the existing laws that they will have to use to prosecute those responsible for the bombing. Now, those laws were drawn up to counteract organised crime, the mafia, drugs crime, crimes where people being a member of an organisation is extremely important. You have to have an organisation to get a prosecution. Uh, and you have Al-Fadl and a number of other witnesses, a number of other sources, who are happy to feed into this, who've got material that looked at in a certain way, can be seen to show this organisation's existence. You put the two together and you get what is the first Bin Laden myth, the first Al-Qaeda myth. And because it's one of the first, it's extremely influential. The picture Al-Fadl drew for the Americans of Bin Laden was of an all-powerful figure at the head of a large terrorist network that had an organised hierarchy of control. He also said that bin Laden had given this network a name, Al-Qaeda. It was a dramatic and powerful picture of bin Laden, but it bore little relationship to the truth. The reality was that bin Laden and Ayman Zawahiri had become the focus of a loose association of disillusioned Islamist militants, who were attracted by the new strategy. But there was no organisation. These were militants who mostly planned their own operations and looked to Bin Laden for funding and assistance. He was not their commander. There is also no evidence that Bin Laden used the term Al-Qaeda to refer to the name of a group until after September the 11th, when he realised that this was the term the Americans had given him. In reality, Jamal al-Fadl was on the run from bin Laden, having stolen money from him. In return for his evidence, the Americans gave him witness protection in America and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Many lawyers at the trial believed that al-Fadl exaggerated and lied to give the Americans the picture of a terrorist organisation that they needed to prosecute bin Laden. And there were selective portions of Al-Fadl's testimony that I believe was false to help support the picture that 
he helped the Americans join together. I think he lied in a number of specific testimony about a unified image of what this organization was. It made Al-Qaeda the new mafia or the new communists. It made them identifiable as a group and therefore made it easier to prosecute any person associated with Al-Qaeda for any acts or statements made by bin Laden, who talked a lot. The idea which is critical to the FBI's uh, prosecution that bin Laden ran a coherent organization with operatives and cells all around the world of which he could be a member is a myth. There is no Al-Qaeda organization. There is no international network with a leader with carders who will unquestioningly obey orders uh, with tentacles that stretch out to sleeper cells in America, in Africa, in Europe. Um, that idea of a coherent, structured terrorist network with an organized capability simply does not exist. Okay, so since we're starting down this, this rabbit trail here with this particular thing, there's some other things that I uh, think you, you might want to know as well. That, that video goes on to show that when they went to look for Al-Qaeda in the mountains of Afghanistan, and they, they had this big, gigantic search, both British and American, and they were blowing up all these caves and things where they were supposedly dwelling, and there was nothing in any of these caves. They were all empty and vacant. So this is just one thing showing this. Now, another thing people may not understand is that the Taliban was actually created by the CIA. Now, here's another clip. Now, these are mainstream worldwide media clips, and they're very matter-of-fact. This isn't um, something that's on a conspiracy theory website. These are main things. This is from um, Press TV from Tehran, Iran, and uh, I'm just going to play this short clip here from, uh, this is the president, Pakistani president, uh, Ali Zadari, has publicly admitted that Taliban insurgents were created and financed by the American and Pakistani intelligence uh, services in an interview which aired on NBC's Meet the Press. Now this is, this is a matter of fact, let's just listen to this clip. President Asif Ali Zardari says intelligence services of the United States and his own country have created the Taliban. Zardari said the CIA and ISI founded and financed the Taliban insurgents. He accused Washington of supporting the military rule of Parvez Musharraf, who allegedly sided with the Taliban. Zardari disagreed with the popular belief in the U.S. that the Pakistani military and intelligence services still feel sympathetic toward the militants. The Pakistani president made the remarks in an interview with the NBC. Okay, so there's one news clip there. Let's, let's go and see if we can find some more here. Uh, these aren't going to be too long. I just want you to get an idea regarding the first story, that uh, first news report we're going to be looking at to kind of bolster that and to understand um, how really this coming New World Order operates. And that we're, we're leading up to the New World Order, and there has to be a lot of groundwork set for the New World Order to be set in position. And this is just part of that. Okay, so we were just able to uh, listen to a couple 
audio, they were video clips as well. Some things relating to the subject we're talking about today. I just found another one that I'm going to play near the end of this first part here that's really going to tie in incredibly to this report. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and read the verbiage on this report, and then we'll get to some other things very shortly here. Uh, let's see here. Immediately after 9-11, numerous sources pointed out the truth that the Bin Laden family was actually very close to the Bush family through the international oil trade. Now, again, this is not something that's really up for debate. It's a fact. It can be easily verified. So the Bin Ladens were actually close with the Bush family through international oil trade. They actually vacationed together. There's documentation of that. Cutting Edge learned in 1986 from our investigation of the Illuminati plan that the global elite had come to the conclusion that they must eliminate all followers of the three monotheistic religions, Jews, Christians, and Muslims. That's according to Constance Cumbia, Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow. Further, we learned that Islam was going to be the first to be attacked, as far as overall they were the first to be attacked, probably because of their immense number of followers. Therefore, we noted that the West went to war against Islam in 1991. Really, I think it's more that Islam was being used as a scapegoat. And this is what we're talking about today here. I'm not saying that the Muslim belief system, as I've reported in many other reports, isn't incredibly evil. Uh, the, the, the core beliefs behind it are, are incredibly wicked, evil, and anti-biblical. But the point being made really is they're being used as a scapegoat as well. Um, because of a lot of tenets that are in the Quran, where they teach their followers that you know if you're a good Muslim... You really should be strapping on these nail bombs and blowing up things and running you know, cars with bombs in them into, into embassies and things of this nature. It's just something you should be doing um, if, you're, if you're going to be a f fundamental to the faith of Islam. Okay? The people that are moderate or, um, I don't know, I guess you'd say liberal, Islamic, they, they a lot of times will say, oh no, the Quran doesn't teach that, it's a religion of peace and this and that. They need to read the Quran a lot closer. Because I've given you the verses below, or the verses before from the Quran, where it commands their followers to do this, to slay the infidel. And an infidel is simply a non-believer in Islam. So again, it's the kind of like the perfect vehicle that they can use uh, regarding controlled conflict, Controlled crisis brings about controlled change is one of their models. Or order out of chaos. Order ab cow, the motto of the 33rd degree Freemason. They're bringing this order out of chaos. And one of the main things they're using to bring about chaos is Islam. So, going further it says, Therefore we noted that the West went to war against Islam in 1991 as we attacked Iraqi forces occupying Kuwait with depleted uranium weapons. This uranium war started the process of the deadly contaminated dust spreading throughout the entire region. We noted further that President Clinton kept the pressure on Iraq during the entire time of his presidency. But when Al-Qaeda attacked on 9-11, President Bush ordered an invasion of Afghanistan in November of 2001 and of Iraq in 2003, telling us lies he needed in order to build a consensus that these invasions were necessary. Now, I don't believe for one minute that Al-Qaeda was the ones that orchestrated 9-11. There's way too much proof uh, that would contradict that. If you just go up on the, on the internet and just key in the term loose change, 9-11, loose change, uh, that by itself is one of the most unbelievable documentaries on the whole 9-11 debacle.
I don't even really want to go down that rabbit trail anymore because you could do literally a two to three to four to five part study on 9-11 alone. But just do that, and there's plenty more. I've, I've got a whole file I put together on 9-11 that's credible source after credible source after credible source where they're questioning this and this and this, and just the things don't even remotely add up. Uh, Jesse uh, Ventura just did one on the conspiracy theory on True TV on 9-11. It was, it was incredible, and again, proving the same thing. Um, he did one on secret societies, mind control, uh, the Heart Project. He's done some really good teachings on that, and you can go watch those up on um, YouTube or other places on the Internet. So a lot of this truth is really starting to come out at this point. Um, and we'll be taking a look at that more regarding telegraphing their punches, is what the Illuminati tends to always do. This goes on to say, from the beginning in Afghanistan and in Iraq, Western military forces were using depleted uranium munitions, spreading thousands of tons of vaporized uh, depleted uranium material in the dust on the battlefields of those two countries. Once depleted uranium dust is deposited on the battlefields, it is picked up by the terrific dust storms, which rage many times every year throughout the region. Now, they've got a whole section um, where um, it's entitled Depleted Uranium section on their website. And uh, if you want to see the definitive documentary on that subject, uh, get, the DVT, get the DVD. It's called Beyond Treason. Beyond Treason. Uh, some parts, I think you can even watch it up on the internet in some places. And it is the people like high-ranking doctors that were there um, military, ex-military that were there, many of them were devastated and still are devastated by the depleted uranium. All of the thousands that it's affected, thousands upon thousands, it's incredibly, incredibly toxic. What they would do is tip the ballistics, certain ballistics that they would use with this depleted uranium, and what it helped to do is when it contacted, like, let's say, armor plating, if it was on the tip of a missile, it would literally melt through the armor plating, uh, at the same time, though, it would vaporize and it would be put into, like, these micro-dust particles. And it was causing all kind of... It has been causing all kind of horrific problems over there. Um, when this was really going on, there was, a, there, there was a thing that I had seen how it was affecting all the babies that were being born over there. And when they were having babies, they were asking... They weren't asking whether it was a boy or a girl. They were asking, is... Is, is the baby normal? Is it healthy? Because most of the time, it wasn't. Because this stuff gets into the air, and you can't avoid it. Uh, I, I don't even know what type of filtration system you'd have to have on your house to avoid it, because the particles are so fine. So, anyway, that's another thing that, that you could explore um, regarding this. There's so many different facets of this little thing that we're, this, this report that we're talking about, this first one that you could look into. So let's go further. And then it says, our point is simple. Western Illuminati governments have been waging war on Islam since January 1991, the first Gulf War. As a part of this war, the Illuminati created Al-Qaeda as a terrorist organization against which the war on terror would be waged. So understand that. They created Al-Qaeda this supposed Al-Qaeda, as a terrorist organization against which this war on terror could be waged. Well, that way they'd have an excuse to go to war. We'd have an excuse to go over to the Middle East. A lot of it had to do with controlling the oil. Uh, Dick Cheney was um, 
president of Halliburton for a long time, and this had everything to do with oil and control and power and also the opium fields over there in Afghanistan. You, you could go down and, and do a whole separate report just on that. But this was the excuse that was given. The Illuminati card game, which was released in early 1995. Now, what is the Illuminati card game? It's a card game that was released by some this organization that are these different... Uh, it's like a game-playing, role-playing type of game. And this was actually called the Illuminati card game. It was released in 1995. It clearly shows that the Illuminati planned the attack against both the Pentagon and the World Trade Centers as part of their plan to overthrow this existing world order so they could establish the new world order. Now, I'm looking at the two cards, and you'll be able to see them in the PDF of this report. And the first one... Now remember, this is 1995. This is way before 9-11. Okay? We're looking at the one of the Pentagon, and... Uh, this is the, the card, you'll actually see it, and it's the, the Pentagon literally in flames. And then you see uh, the card entitled Terrorist Nuke, and you see a, uh, it looks like a plane that's flown into the, the, the uh, World Trade Centers, and they're being blown up. Now this is 1995, okay, prior to this. Now I'm going to give you some more proof of this um, very shortly here. We're going to look at this a little bit more in depth because this was one of the main things I got into in the uh, tour that I did in 2005, the Avion Flu Tour, where I had a whole section on there entitled, Does the Illuminati Telegraph Their Punches? Because it's very important to understand this concept if you're to understand world events and a lot of the things that have happened and are coming. Uh, Actually, I'm going to be going back to that presentation, which you can go up to YouTube and just key in Avion and Scott Johnson, A-V-I-A-N, Scott Johnson. And there's, it's a multi-part study that I've done on this where we get into this. It's free. You can go watch it. And um, going further, it says that we encourage you to, to read numerous articles we have posted regarding the Illuminati card game because this game foretold so many of the events which now have occurred which are designed to overthrow our current civilization. They're telegraphing their punches. This card game just so happened to just nail it on so many different levels. And I know some people say, well, why would they use a card game or whatever? Well, they could say that we're warned. Okay. They didn't just use this Illuminati card game. I'm going to show you some real specific things they did that were even more flagrant than this. This role-playing card game establishes several irrefutable points. Now, in this article that I'm reading from, there's all kind of links you can click into to go to the Cutting Edge articles. Now, they are subscription only. I think it's like $25 per year. Uh, but it's well worth it. There's a lot of really good um, information you can glean on this website. Role-playing card game establishes several irrefutable points. The detailed plan, number one, the detailed plan to end the current order is well-known in occult circles. Now, again, this has a lot to do with ending the age of Pisces and ushering in the age of Aquarius, which is where Maitreya, who they say, not me, but where the New World Order people say Maitreya will come and lead into this utopian New Age, New World Order with Maitreya at the head. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Okay? Um, and then number two, the Illuminati loves to telegraph their punches. This is what these, this card game says. This information simply confirms what we've been saying for a very long time. 
uh, spread the word, we have discovered the enemy, and he is our own government. Now, again, this is becoming more and more out all the time. This stuff that's going on with uh, Jesse Ventura on this conspiracy theory uh, shows, I'm really surprised they're letting this air, because this is so flagrant, and so now out in the open. But I still think, you know, I'm not seeing any real public outcry. And this is one of the things the Illuminati gauges. If they see no public outcry to flat out letting information come out like this, then what it does is it really gives them the green light to implement their draconian plans even further. So let's go ahead and let's look at another clip here from um, off uh, the Internet. And this is, uh, this is kind of talking about this whole thing. 9-11, the telegraphing of the punches, Osama bin Laden, uh, a little bit of everything here. So I'm going to go ahead and let this, this audio clip play now. And we'll go from there. Department of Justice releases a terrorism manual with the World Trade Center in crosshairs. September. Okay, so he just showed a picture of a Department of Justice manual with the World Trade Centers in the crosshairs way prior to 9-11. Now, I have this exact image on the PowerPoint presentation that I told you about, and I will be providing you with the link and going over that again shortly here. Um, so you can go look at it. It's right online. It's, it's not anything I'm making up. It's something that was out there. So let's go further. 2000. The project for a new American century, a neoconservative think tank whose members include Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, Jeb Bush, and Paul Wolfowitz, releases their report entitled Rebuilding America's Defenses. In it, they declare that the process of transformation, even if it brings revolutionary change, is likely to be a long one, absent some catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. October 24, 2000. The Pentagon conducts the first of two training exercises called MASCAL, which simulate a Boeing 757 crashing into the building. Charles Burlingame, an ex-Navy F-4 pilot who worked in the Pentagon, participates in this exercise before retiring to take a job at American Airlines, where, less than a year later, his Boeing 757 allegedly crashes into the building. April 2001. NORAD plans an exercise in which a plane is flown into the Pentagon, but is rejected as too unrealistic. June 2001, the Department of Defense initiates... Now, just so you know, they're showing all the documentation of the things he's talking about in the background of this video clip. I'm going to make this video clip available as in a link form on the PDF as well, so you can click into it and understand that we're not making this stuff up. It's new instructions for military intervention in the case of a hijacking. It states that for all non-immediate responses, the Department of Defense must get permission directly from the Secretary of Defense. Attorney General John Ashcroft begins flying on chartered jets for the remainder of his term due to a threat assessment by the FBI. July 4, 2001. Osama bin Laden, wanted by the United States since 1998, receives medical attention at the American Hospital in Dubai, where he is visited by a local chief of the CIA. Okay, did you hear that? I mean, that was, it's well known, it's documented. Osama bin Laden got treatment at an American medical hospital in Dubai after he was wanted. I mean, it doesn't get a whole lot more flagrant than that. Okay, so a little bit, a little bit more than two months before 9-11, Osama bin Laden received medical attention and medical care 
at this hospital. I just want you to understand the timeline there. And then, you know, supposedly he's the one that orchestrates 9-11. Okay, so let's go further. Osama bin Laden, wanted by the United States since 1998, receives medical attention at the American Hospital in Dubai, where he is visited by a local chief of the CIA. July 24th, 2001, Larry A. Silverstein, who already owned... Now, why would he be visited by a local chief of the CIA? Because the CIA were the ones that actually created Taliban and this whole Al-Qaeda hoax, okay? As we've already documented, but we'll document further. World Trade Center 7 signs a $3.2 billion, 99-year lease on the entire World Trade Center complex six weeks before 9-11. Included in the lease is a $3.5 billion insurance policy, specifically covering acts of terrorism. September 6, 2001, 3,150 put options are placed on United Airlines stock. A put option is a bet that a stock will fall. That day, put options were more than four times its daily average. Bomb-sniffing dogs are pulled from the World Trade Center, and security guards end two weeks of 12-hour shifts. September 7, 2001, 27,294 put options are placed on Boeing stock, more than five times the daily average. September 10, 2001, 4,516 put options are placed on American Airlines, almost 11 times its daily average. Newsweek reports that a number of top Pentagon brass canceled their flight plans for the next morning. San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown receives a phone call warning him not to fly the next morning. Pacifica Radio later reveals that this phone call came directly from National Security Advisor Condoleezza Rice. And in Pakistan, at a military hospital, all of the urologists are replaced by a special team in order to host their guest of honor, Osama bin Laden who is carefully escorted inside to be watched carefully and looked after. Okay, so there again, Osama bin Laden gets this special treatment in this hospital. Um, this is entitled, the article's from January 28, 2002. We're looking at all this preliminary things happening right before 9-11. Sounds like there was a lot of insider training and insider knowledge of things that were about to happen. And here we are treating... Um, Osama bin Laden at the hospital, at an American military hospital again. Let me just read you, the, I'm reading this off the internet from the actual story from CBS. Okay, this is from CBS. It says, everyone remembers what happened on September 11th and reports of CBS News correspondent Barry Peterson. Here's the story of what may have happened the night before. Night before 9-11. In a tale as twisted as the hunt for Osama bin Laden, CBS News has been told that the night before the September 11 terrorist attack, Osama bin Laden was in Pakistan. He was getting medical treatment with the support of the very military that days later pledged its backing for the United States war in Afghanistan. Pakistani intelligence sources tell CBS News that bin Laden was spirited into a military hospital in Rawalpindi for kidney dialysis treatment. Now let me tell you something. Kidney dialysis, if you're on that, Normally, you don't have a whole lot longer to live. You, you don't just continually be on kidney dialysis year after year, decade after decade. That's something that's really super serious, and it's typically something that you need to have ongoing. Because once you get on dialysis, what ends up happening is the kidneys will tend to shut down further because the dialysis machine is doing the job of the kidneys. So it's kind of like if you don't use it, you lose it. 
type of thing. So I just kind of wanted to really hammer that point home uh, regarding bin Laden. Who is carefully escorted inside to be watched carefully and looked after. It says in that report the military had him surrounded. I mean, it, this is the, the night before 9-11, okay? And yet we can't find him at, at all, you know? It's just unbelievable. September 11, 2001. The National Reconnaissance Office in Chantilly, Virginia, is preparing for an exercise in which a small corporate jet crashes into their building. NORAD is in the middle of a number of military exercises. The first, Vigilant Guardian, is described as... An exercise that would pose an imaginary crisis to North American air defense outposts nationwide. The second, Northern Vigilance moved fighter jets to Canada and Alaska to fight off an imaginary Russian fleet. Three F-16s from Washington, D.C.'s National Guard at Andrews Air Force Base, 15 miles from the Pentagon, are flown 180 nautical miles away for a training mission in North Carolina. This left 14 fighter jets to protect the entire United States. Hi, Washington, Team U. We have a, a problem here. We have a hijacked aircraft headed towards New York, and we need you guys to, we need someone to spam us some S-16s or something up there to help us out. This, is this real world or exercise? No, this is not exercise, not a test. Uh, do we want to think about uh, scrambling aircraft? The first question I have is basically to get from you a, a sense of how you would rate the American media in their coverage of the events of the attack last September. Well, let's see. Shamefully uh, is a word that comes to mind. This just in, you were looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. But overall, the uh, American journalism was cowed and intimidated by the uh, this uh, massive flag-sucking, this uh, patriotic orgy. You know, if you criticize the, the president, it's unpatriotic, and there's something wrong with you, you may be a terrorist. So, so in that sense, Hunter S. Thompson, there's, there's not enough room for dissenting voices? Well, there's plenty of room. Uh, there's not enough people are willing to take the risk. I don't know whether we've confirmed that this was an aircraft or to be more specific. Some people said they thought they saw a missile. There was definitely a blue logo with like a circular logo on the front of the plane. Um, it definitely did not look like a commercial plane. I didn't see any windows on the side. Mark, if what you say is true, those could be cargo planes. You said you didn't see any windows inside? I didn't see any windows inside. It was, it, it was not a normal flight that I've ever seen at an airport. It was a plane that had a blue... Uh, logo on the front, and it just—it did not look like it belonged in this area. It's just sort of a, uh, a herd mentality, a lemming-like mentality. If you don't go with the flow, you're anti-American, therefore a suspect. This is his okay. So I'm just gonna kind of go with that on on what we. I really wanted just to key on uh, Osama bin Laden, Taliban, Al Qaeda. And we're getting into some of the Illuminati telegraphing that punches in 9-11. Obviously, this isn't a teaching on 9-11. There's plenty of that up there. I would say loose change is probably the best one, as I had mentioned. Uh, but there's plenty of other good documentaries out there. And uh, I've, pre I've prepared a whole document on this that um, 
you know, you can email me and I'll, I'll send you the document as well regarding 9-11. So, anyway, let's go further. Uh, and my, my website, uh, sermonaudio.com forward slash dr. Scott Johnson, Dr. Scott Johnson. And you can get my contact information there. So, let's go ahead and I'm going to actually... I'm going to be playing my presentation on the um, the proof that the globalists telegraphed their punches regarding the presentation that I did. Um, and this is up, you can go view this, I'm going to give you the link to that. But this is just going to give you a little more confirmation of how the Illuminati tend to telegraph their punches. Okay, so... On September 4th, 2005, uh, www.thestate.com, known as South Carolina's homepage, published a news story entitled, 12 Lessons That South Carolina Can Learn from Katrina. A quote from that article reads, In 2001, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, ranked the most likely and deadly disasters that could befall the United States. The top three were, one, a terrorist attack on New York, two, an earthquake in San Francisco, and three, a hurricane in New Orleans. The list was announced at a conference on September 10th, and the next day was 9-11. The next day. Okay, so that is a little bit too much to be a coincidence. And we've got, okay, a terrorist attack on New York. That happened 9-11. Earthquake in San Francisco. That's probably a foregone conclusion and will happen sometime in the near, near future. We'll talk about that too. And then a hurricane in New Orleans. Well, that happened with Katrina. And we're going to be looking at that a little bit closer here. Um, let me go to the next slide here. So on September 10, 2001, FEMA accurately predicted the three most likely deadly disasters that could befall the United States. They were, and again, I went over this, terrorist attack in New York, earthquake in San Francisco, hurricane in New Orleans. On the very next day, after this FEMA prediction, the attacks of 9-11 occurred. The Twin Towers and the Pentagon were attacked. This is also precisely as the Illuminati card game predicted in 1995. And we already, you'll, you, you'll be able to see a picture of the Illuminati card game in the PDF. And if you click on the link to this little presentation that I'm going over right now, you'll actually be able to see the pictures that we're going to be getting into next. Okay, so I'm looking right now. This is my PowerPoint presentation available on YouTube. This is the official cover of FEMA's 8 of 97. Okay, so it's, it's um, August of 1997 booklet that features a drawing of the southern skyline of Manhattan. Notice the crosshairs trained on the south tower of the World Trade Center. These crosshairs are not dead center on the tower, but off center on the very spot where the plane struck it 39 months later. I'm, I mean, I'm not making this up. This really happened. Okay? And um, it's a FEMA. It's called the Emergency Response to Terrorism Self-Study. It's an official publication. And, I mean, it's unbelievable. These crosshairs are actually trained dead center, not dead center, but off center on the very spot the plane struck it 39 months later. Pretty unbelievable. You talk about telegraphing punches. Okay, here's another one. Here is the U.S. Department of Justice manual dated 6 of 2000. 
again, prior to 9-11, which was, um, you know, September 11, 2001, Okay, so this is U.S. Department of Justice manual, which taught local law enforcement how to deal with terrorist attacks. The cover is imprinted with the seal of the U.S. Justice Department and the seal of the National Sheriff's Department. And again, it's basically the same picture um, as the last cover, where the crosshairs are trained uh, slightly off-center here. And yeah, it's exact. In fact, I won't go back and forth. Crosshairs are trained in the exact spot where the first plane struck. Okay, so let's go further. Here's another image. This image is located on page 45 of the Air Force Manual 10-100, Airman's Manual, August of 1999 version. Again, way prior to 9-11. This is the Air Force Manual 10-100, Airman's Manual. Uh, and I give you the all the links to go. Now, I'm not sure if these links are any good anymore because a lot of times they'll take these things down off the Internet. But I, I try to check them periodically uh, and uh, update them if they're not. Same thing, same, essentially the same uh, picture, very, very close to it. So, obviously, the number one and number three FEMA-predicted disasters have already occurred. We have 9-11 and Katrina, which happened in New Orleans. Therefore, one has to wonder when an unprecedented earthquake on the West Coast might be the next on the hit list of the Illuminati. And I say that because we do have the ability to control weather. That's been known since the early 70s, and I give you all that documentation within this. I'm not going to go down that trail today, but we have the ability. And just with the thing that Jesse Ventura did on HARP, you can control weather. It's, it's possible to create earthquakes and these types of things uh, with the right type of uh, technology. So let's go further. Uh, this was a, a report that was entitled, Californians Living on a Time Bomb Along Fault. Uh, this is from 327 of 06, Hayward, California. Geologists consider the Hayward Fault the most dangerous in the San Francisco Bay Area, if not the nation. It is locked and loaded and ready to fire at any time, says U.S. Geological Survey seismologist Tom Broker. And I think it's just a matter of time before this one plays out. Now, it is a common tactic of high-level occultists slash Kabbalists to telegraph their punches prior to an attack on them, and this way these individuals feel empowered when they see their victims totally powerless and unable to prevent their own demise. From FEMA's infamous three threats that we mentioned previously, the three things that were three uh, worst disasters that could befall us, to the movie Oil Storm, which, prece which preceded and predicted Hurricane Katrina. Now, not a lot of people know about this film. Oil Storm debuted June 5th, 2005, on the FX network, less than three months before Katrina struck Louisiana on August 29th, 2005. Three months before, that's it. The movie accurately telegraphed the same scenario that happened with Hurricane Katrina in a documentary-style footage. Oil Storm explored the aftermath of a Category 5-plus hurricane slamming into Louisiana, crushing the city of New Orleans, thereby crippling the pipeline for refined oil that is in Port Fuchon, consequently disrupting the flow of oil to the United States, making gas prices skyrocket. They even have their own website for this movie online, and I'll give you the link there. You can check that out. So this isn't stuff that I'm making up here. Um, this is stuff that actually happened. And then we, we talk a little bit after that about the, um, the avian flu as well, which really, avian swine flu, they've been trying to pull that off 
for a long time. But I truly believe that due to God's intervention, due to people praying and fasting about these events, the Lord has pushed this back. I mean, I've said this before, if they had their way, we would have all been under the New World Order in 1984. But remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, and he's the one calling the shots. But if his church is totally apathetic about things, don't expect to see his hand move regarding something, unless it's not in his timetable. Uh, and again, it's just something that, that we need to think about this. Um, and I already, I already went over this part of the slide presentation. I'm just looking at some other things here. Yeah, and that's about it for, for this particular part of this article. Just wanted to kind of go over that. Uh, I've had a lot of people ask me different things about this subject. And again, this is just part of the current event study that we're doing today. But, you know, there's some very, very interesting points, very, very thought-provoking things to uh, think about this. Now let's go further. Uh, this next report is entitled, Who is Getting Filthy Rich Over All These New Naked Body Scanners? Airports around the world are ordering these horribly invasive machines by the many hundreds. Let us follow the money trail. This is from Alternet News, January 6th, entitled, Who's Getting Rich from the Naked Full Body Scanner Boom? Scan everyone. That is the mantra among politicians at all levels in the wake of the thwarted terrorist attack aboard a Detroit-bound passenger passenger jet. According to conventional wisdom, the would-be underwear bomber could have been stopped by airport security if he'd been put through a full-body scanner, which would have then revealed the cache of explosives attached to Umar Farouk's groin. Within days, or even hours, of the bombing attempt, everyone was talking about the so-called whole image imaging as um, the magic bullet that could stop this type of attack. In announcing hearings by the Senate Homeland Security Mission, committee. Joe Lieberman approached the use of scanners as a foregone conclusion, saying one of the biggest, most urgent questions that we are holding this hearing to answer was, why isn't the whole body scanning technology uh, that can detect explosives in wider use? Now, these things, I've already reported on these in some other studies, how they tear apart your DNA with these, they're called terahertz waves. They literally unravel your DNA like a zipper, okay? Your DNA is what we're made of. And again, I've said this in times past, one of the main things that Satan is always trying to do is to corrupt and to destroy our DNA. What did he do in Noah's day? When the sons of men, or the sons of God, saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wise all that they chose, and in those days were giants, these Nephilim or fallen ones, what, why did God have to destroy the whole earth in that day? Save eight people. Because the seed of mankind had been so corrupted by this, by this fallen angelic human breeding program that was going on, it got so bad that it repented God that he had even made man, as it says in Genesis 6, and he had to destroy the whole world. He wasn't doing it because he was being mean. He was doing it because he was trying to preserve the seed line of man. He had no choice. Because eventually they would have tried, you know, knowing them would have passed on and there would have been no pure seed line left at all. Doesn't mean Noah, the Bible says, you know, that, that Noah was um, perfect in his generations. What it's in reference to is he wasn't a perfectly sinless human being walking around, uh, but his genetics hadn't been corrupted. Okay, so Satan has always been trying to destroy the seed line of man, okay, to corrupt it. Because if the seed line is corrupted, um, well, put it this way. A fallen angel um, and a 
woman having a child, these Nephilim, they cannot be redeemed. Jesus Christ didn't come here to pay the sin debt or, or uh, for for um, fallen for these Nephilim type creatures. And if he can corrupt our DNA enough, I you know again that's between God and the person. But there comes a point when the person will not be redeemable anymore. They will not be able to be saved if their DNA is corrupted enough. And I don't know exactly where the line's drawn there. That's not for me to decide. But it's not something I want to mess around with either. These vaccinations, as we've talked about, they're, um, how they have the potential to corrupt DNA. Now we have these full-body scanners and their ability to basically rip apart our DNA. Okay, and I don't want to turn this into a salvation damnation issue. I'm just saying, not something I would want to mess around with regarding messing with our DNA. So these machines are not only terribly harmful to us, expose us to massive amounts of radiation, despite what the propaganda would tell you, but they're unbelievably an intrusion on privacy. Uh, Alex Jones has more stuff on this right now than anybody, and... Uh, I, don't, I don't even advise you to look at the images because they're so pornographic that you, I mean, they took one of these images and they inverted it which with, with a common program. And I mean, it was just like the woman was there naked in front of you. I mean, there was nothing left to the imagination. So I'm not going to tell anybody to even, to even mess or, you know, look at that stuff. But suffice it to say, this technology is that invasive. And then you have the whole thing about little kids going through here, and then child pornography, which we'll talk about in a second. So from that standpoint alone, but what they're trying to do is incrementally take away more and more of our rights. And the airports are the ideal place to implement this. The absolute best place, because they have you right where they want you. There's nothing that you can do. If you want to get on that plane, you've got to play by their rules. That's why I vowed not to ever fly again. I'm, I'm not just, I just will not do it because of all the, number one, this garbage about the no-fly lists, these terrorist watch lists. Um, now they've got all these things that you have to go through, all these hoops you have to jump through. You've got to take your shoes off. You've got to do that. You've got to take your belt off. And now they're going to have these scanners. Um, it's like going into Nazi Germany. Trying, and if... It's only going to get worse and worse, particularly if people do nothing about it and they just go along with this. So, um, anyway, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying this is my, my conviction regarding it. Uh, let's see here. Let's go further. The larger question is, is whether this technology will actually work in detecting explosives hidden in the body or whether they are simply going to give male and female TSA employees a repeated sexual thrill every day. Beyond privacy issues, however, are questions about whether these machines really work and about who stands to benefit the most from their use. Here's another motivation, obviously, money. When it comes to high-tech screening methods, the TSA has a dismal record of enriching private corporations with failed technologies, and there are signs that the latest miracle device may just bring more of the same. Hey, they get to kill us slowly. It's a soft-kill type of machine. Okay, because of all the radiation and the unraveling of our DNA. They get to not only do that, but undress us with our clothes on. And um, then they can make a ton of money, too. It's kind of a win-win-win for the people in the Illuminati that are the ones that are controlling this technology. So now the $64,000 question, who's benefiting? Remember Vice President Cheney was a member of the board of pharmaceutical company, which was producing the worthless Tamiflu. 
uh, the body scanner is sure to get the go-ahead because of the illustrious personages hawking them. I think they were talking about Donald Rumsfeld there regarding Tamiflu. And I have a whole section on that on my, on my um, avian flu presentation as well. You'll, you'll see if you watch all, I think it's like 16 parts or something. Anyway, the body scanner is sure to get the go-ahead because of the illustrious personages hawking them. Chief among them is, number one, former uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff. Doesn't it seem like a conflict of interest when a former Department of Homeland Security chief is going to get rich from these new, quote, anti-terror scanners? Then the next one, former TSA Deputy Administrator Tom Blank, who also worked under House Speaker Newt Gingrich. Another conflict of interest, which is which being a former TSA executive profiting from new scanners which the TSA will operate. Next one, Chad Wolf, a former Assistant Administrator for Policy at TSA and a former aide to K. Bailey Hutchinson, Republic, uh, representative from Texas. Next one, the manufacturer, American Science and Engineering, Inc., uh, they have retained the K Street firm Wexler & Walker to lobby for federal deployment of the security technology by DHS and DOD. Next one, Smith's Detection, another screening manufacturer. Next person, Kevin Patrick Kelly, former top staffer to Senator Barbara McCluskey, who sits on Homeland Security Appropriations Subcommittee. And then former Senator Al Diamato represents what they call L3 systems. Evidently, that's a company that represents these, and the list goes on and on. This is a long and impressive list of both Democrats and Republicans who can become very rich when hundreds of these expensive full-body scanners start to arrive at airports throughout the world. Now, remember what I said about the terahertz uh, radiation ripping through your DNA. If a child is exposed to this, it's more detrimental. Why? Because the child is in the formative years, the formative years of brain, bone, organ development. If you damage an organ or the brain during the growing years, then you corrupt it from that point. It's one thing if you're a full-grown adult. Okay, Systems are formed, things are there. But if you're a child, it's a different story because now you've damaged it and now they're going to grow. These systems that are damaged are going to try to grow, but they're going to grow in most likely some type of corrupted fashion. So it's wor radiation, in other words, is more detrimental long-term to children than it is adults. I, I learned this a long time ago in chiropractic college because we had extensive training in x-ray. And these things are way more invasive than an x-ray. Uh, number one, typically if you're taking an x-ray as a chiropractor, you're doing it on a body part, you're doing one frame, okay, just one flash of it. These are full body scanners and you're doing going head to toe, for longer exposure time. So it's uh, it's way worse, way worse than anything I ever ever used. So time and time again we have mused that along the way the New World Order politicians and industrial chiefs directing the whole affair were determined to get very, very rich and along with the other benefits. So here's the next article. New airport scanners will break child pornography laws. Rapid introduction of full-body scanners at British airports threatens to breach child protection laws, which ban the creation of indecent images of children. The Guardian has learned privacy campaigners claim the images created by the machines are so graphic they amount to virtual strip searching and have called for safeguards to protect the privacy of passengers involved. Ministers now facing now face having to exempt under 18-year-olds from the scans or face delays of introducing new legislation. 
to ensure airport security staff do not commit offenses under child pornography laws. Guaranteed, this is something that the sick, twisted minds of the people that implement this will use. I did a whole teaching on pedophilia. Uh, it was a brutal teaching, but it was a very long, multi-part teaching, if you just can, part of the word pedophilia in the search box on my homepage on Sermon Audio. You'll find it and um, under Scott A. Johnson, and you can listen to that whole thing, how the highest people in government, in law enforcement, in the court systems, and you name it, are typically the ones behind the most heinous uh, crimes regarding pedophilia. And... Uh, child, even getting into child sacrifice and things of this nature. So, anyway, the, these, um, just from that standpoint alone, letting your children go through these is, is something I would unbelievably highly advise against, just from a physical health benefit, but then the invasiveness of it as well. Um, and then the next article is entitled, Can Canada Orders... Um, online airline scanners months ago. Now remember, what were we just talking about in the first article? We were talking about how all of this stuff has been pre-planned, how the Taliban was created by the CIA and Al-Qaeda, which is really non-existent, but was actually created by the CIA. All of this is coming out. Okay, We talked about how 9-11 was telegraphed way prior. We have the 1995 Illuminati card game cards, which show the Pentagon and the uh, World Trade Centers being attacked. We have uh, Department of Justice manuals with um, a 9-11 type scenario on the cover, these buildings being targeted. Um, none of this stuff I'm making up. It's all there. You research it for yourself. Don't believe me. Research it. Look at the information I'm presenting you and check it out for yourself. Don't believe a thing I say. Check it out for yourself. Prove it to yourself. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. So this is something we need to do uh, with the Bible and with these other things that we're being exposed to. So, um, this scanner technology there's, in this article was in the works well before the recent events of the recent weeks. Uh, this is from... John Baird told... CTV's Canada AM on Wednesday morning that Canada chose to pursue the high-tech scanner technology months ago, putting an order into manufacturers before the United States were in the query. This is like um, reports that were coming out prior to the swine flu thing that they were already gearing up for the swine flu supposed epidemic outbreak months and months and months before anything ever happened. This is the same thing. Why? Because they know this stuff is going to happen at the highest levels. They plan it. They implement it. They're the ones behind it. Everything we've talked about today confirms that. And then you can also go back on all the other 380 plus teachings I've done up on Sermon Audio and you can find that out for yourself as well. So, let's go further here. Uh, Canada chose to pursue high-tech scanner technology months ago, putting an order into manufacturers before the United States were in the actual query and before some of the countries in Europe. He said the scanner technology was in the works well before the events in recent weeks, leaving Canadian authorities well informed about the practical concerns of implement, implementing them nationwide at airports. This is something we've been working on for about 15 months. Now, from what Alex Jones is actually reporting, the airports are just the beginning. They're going to try to implement these at malls and all kind of fun places. Checkpoints. They're going to try to have scanners for your cars, too, so they can see if you have explosives. 
you know, it's like Nazi Germany all, all over again. And, and again, this is why I bring this up so that we can pray, fast, whatever the Lord leads you to do regarding this. If we don't resist this now regarding the airports, it's going to end up being everywhere. Because again, we're giving the, the Illuminati, Big Brother, whatever you want to call it, the green light to say, oh, we're, we're not going to resist you. We're not going to resist this evil. And it is evil. From a, from a physical standpoint, it's evil. From a privacy standpoint, it's evil. It's just evil. And that's going to give them the green light to implement it virtually everywhere so that we end up having absolutely zero privacy regarding anything. And Nonetta just brought up a good point. Why, you know, why aren't the churches up in arms about this? Why is it that I have to go up here and do this every week when really there should be an outcry in the, in the churches throughout the lands? I understand I'm a watchman. I have, I have kind of a unique um, calling here. But the churches should be the primary mechanism warning the flock. If the true shepherd you know, is warning the flock, they're going to be aware of these types of things because this obviously is something that's, that's incredibly evil that we're talking about here. I'm not indicting every pastor on the planet. I'm just saying, I think this is something that should be being addressed uh, by the churches. Here's another thing Drudge came out with. It's entitled, Big Sis Wants to See Under Your Clothes. Drudge hit the nail right on the head. It headlined a Reuters story as follows. Um, the website put up the montage of Janet Napolitano, boss of the Department of Homeland Security, staring at a now infamous BILD photograph recreation of a young woman rendered naked in a full body scanner. Osama and crew are determined to install these expensive and dangerous machines in airports across the nation. Napolitano said she will travel to Spain this month to meet with her international counterparts to seek tougher international aviation security measures. She will peddle the full naked scanners to international counterparts. Now what they're trying to do first to make it more palatable is get them on in international flights where they say we got to use them on international flights because that's where terrorists really tend to like to strike. But then it'll be everywhere. Now they've already got these scanners in airports in the nation just on regular flights, okay? But full implementation, they want to have that on international. Obama's two-pronged approach, uh, outlined Thursday, will have little effect on domestic airline passengers and will involve many behind-the-scenes changes aimed at keeping suspected terrorists off U.S.-bound international flights, uh, including these naked body scanning machines, according to USA Today. Uh, let's go further here. Now, as an interesting point here, According to scientists, full naked body scanners will not detect chemicals and liquids of the sort supposedly used by Umar Farouk Abel Tamali, or whatever. Sorry, butchered the name. But anyway, um, so in anyway, even if he would went through that, these full body scanners wouldn't pick that up. So what, what good is it going to really do? Um... And again, it goes on to talk about how Michael Chertoff is is uh, who has is going to make millions off this. Most likely, is one of the main ones promoting these machines. Now, here's another very interesting report from J. Spear Williams. This is from January seventh, two thousand ten. It's talking about massive DNA destruction uh, caused by these full body scanners. Again. I have, I have so many times with this whole thing, I also didn't mention how the cloning issue and how uh, there's these group of individuals out there wanting to create people that are what they call post-human. 
and in these implantable microchips that actually could be in the in the swine flu vaccinations, and how that could actually alter us in um, creating like this half human, half not half, but a human that is actually has a microchip implanted in them. We don't really know how that could actually affect them on a lot of different levels, and how they're trying to create this post-human race, and that actually creating what they call this post-human race is integral to us ascending or evolving into the next level where we're actually going to be ushered into this age of Aquarius. Now, I've, I've talked about this a lot in the past, okay? I, I can't tie it all together in this one, but I've done this a lot in previous teachings. This article here verifies that as well. Uh, let's see here. Um... Mainstream doctors Fritz Albert Pop and Bruce Lipton both tell us that our DNA appears to be the vital link between our physicality and our spirituality. Okay? Now, let's just look at it like this. If the DNA is a vital link between our physicality and spirituality, and the DNA was corrupted in Noah's day, as the Bible clearly indicates, so much so that God had to destroy all the earth save eight people, I would have to say the spirituality of the people that were corrupted, or the Nephilim, which were these hybrid creatures, I would have to say that because their DNA was corrupted, their spirituality was corrupted as well. So that makes sense. DNA appears to be a vital link between our physicality and spirituality. Dr. Pop, uh, founder of the International Institute of Biophysics at Naus, Germany, and Dr. Lipton, University of Wisconsin, both confirm the modern science now realizes and recognizes that our DNA structures directly reflect our consciousness, making it possible for us to willfully activate what science formerly called junk DNA by increasing our individual consciousnesses. Now, I talked about this junk DNA last week where they're saying that we have all this junk DNA because aliens created us, millions and millions of years ago. This is called the ancient astronaut theory. This is what intelligent design is based on, if you look at the core roots of it. I've done teachings on all of that. And um, it's something that, if they can corrupt the DNA, um, and they're going to corrupt the very essence of what we are. Okay, And again, I, like I said, Satan's been trying to do this for an awful long time, but now he's got a lot more technology in order to implement this. Uh, let's see here. This article goes on to say, the cartel's silent, soft-kill weapons, cartel meaning big brother, whatever you want to call them, the cartel's silent, soft-kill weapons of mass DNA destruction are all around us. Depleted uranium, I talked about that. Because remember, the depleted uranium is now worldwide, essentially. Granted, yes, it's more concentrated where we've used it in warfare, but that stuff gets up into the jet stream, it's so light. And I really believe it's one of the main reasons, I've talked about this in other uh, teachings long ago, that lung cancer, the lung cancer rates have so gone up as well. Uh, for a time there, I was seeing lung cancer cases, I mean, it just seemed like they were everywhere. And this was around the same time we were heavily using depleted uranium, even in other parts of the world. Anyway, if you want to know more about the depleted uranium angle, watch the documentary Beyond Treason. Beyond Treason. Uh, it'll totally... <laughs> uh, answer all your questions. So, DNA's destruction all around us, depleted uranium, chemtrails, street and pharmaceutical drugs, vaccines, genetically modified foods, fluoride in the water, aspartame, uh, psychotropic drugs, now naked body scanners are used against us for a very basic reason. To keep us, uh, well, basically to damage our DNA. Okay? And again, I keep this keeps coming back to the DNA over and over and over again of us that 
you know, Satan is just trying to corrupt it any possible way that he can. This is just his newest thing that he's using. This goes on to say, the cartel's latest cloaked attack against mankind are the so-called backscatter x-ray machines. They expose the naked bodies of children, women, and men at busy airport portals, all based on the flimsy ploy of simply one uh, crotch bomber, they call them, at Christmas time um, in Detroit. Let's see. Now, suddenly, these backscatter machines are showing up at 125 different U.S. airports. These virtual strip machines, in addition to... Um, oh, here's another good point. In addition to damaging our DNA, we'll be setting the stage for the expansion of a worldwide cancer epidemic. Any amount of radiation is damaged, is damaging as, as it is cumulative, and it poses a serious threat to all living cells, which it passes, leaving behind a trail of destruction and genetic mutations. Now, one of the ways that, that when they say it's cumulative, when you get x-rays and things of this nature, the damage that you're experiencing from this, which is actually ended up creating free radicals in the body, is cumulative. Okay, in other words, it builds up over time. The more you get, the more x-rays you get, or the more things you're exposed to along the radiation lines, the more it builds up in your system. The more free radicals it produces. Now, one of the things you can do to, to counteract free radicals are to, to take antioxidants. Okay, this is why you've got to be careful with food, even food-grade hydrogen peroxide if you're taking that, because food-grade hydrogen peroxide creates a lot of oxidation. Oxidation creates free radicals. So, free radical quenchers uh, are things uh, like grapeseed extract, uh, reverestrol, I believe that's the name of it here, resveratrol, okay? Uh, That's another one. That's the one they derive from red wine uh, polyphenols. the one, one of the ones that I take, I'm just reading the label right now, it's called Vitanox by Medierb. It has rosemary leaf, green tea leaf, turmeric, and grapeseed. These are all antioxidants that quench free radicals in the system. Okay? Vitamin C is a free radical quencher. Vitamin E is a free radical quencher. Selenium is a free radical quencher. There's a lot of different things that quench free radicals. Okay? But regarding those things, one of the things that you have to bear in mind is that most of the vitamins that are sold on the open market are synthetic vitamins, and you're actually going to do more damage to your DNA over time if you take them. Okay? It's like buying a synthetic drug. It's, it's not something that your body can handle or process properly. The companies that I like are um, Innate Response Formulas, Right Foods, and Standard Process. Those are ones that, that produce whole food vitamins. Okay? Innate response formulas in right foods are probably the best as far as that goes. They're the only ones that I know of that actually manufacture every single one of their vitamins from a food source. They've actually figured out how to do that. So these are things we could do to counteract the, uh, the DNA damage that is being caused from a lot of the different things that, um, that we mentioned. And ultimately, if you have enough free radicals in the system... One of the things, and enough radiation damage, one of the things that it causes is cancer. Okay, so again, what are they trying to do? To populate the world to 500 million, according to the Georgia Guidestones. That's the first slide, first or second slide I go into on my PowerPoint presentation up on YouTube. Okay, so that's what their goal is. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to wipe out humanity, just like he did in Noah's day. And the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. 
So we're supposed to expect this stuff to be happening. We're not supposed to be expecting, like the dominionists say, well, things are just going to get better and better and better. We're going to get so so holy that, that Jesus is going to have no, no choice but to come back and set up his kingdom here. He's going to be so pleased with us. It says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was Noah's day? Oh, it was only the most wicked time the world had ever possibly known, so much that God had to destroy the whole earth. It also says, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Who said that? Jesus Christ said it in his word in the Gospels. As it was in the days of Lot? Well, that was also probably, as far as paralleling, the most, you know, two most wicked events in the Bible. Sodom and Gomorrah, where the homosexual... Uh, bisexual whatever, had totally essentially taken over Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, so much that, he, that God had to destroy it with fire and brimstone. And then we have the other parallel of Noah's day and the flood where God had to wipe everybody out, save eight people. So God had to totally destroy the whole place. The world was so wicked. Well, Jesus said that's the way it's going to be prior to his return. So isn't that what we should be expecting isn't that what we should be screaming about regarding warning and things of this nature? I mean, I don't know. Call me crazy, but it just it's there in the Bible. It's just, it doesn't seem like most pastors have any desire to tie all that together. Not all, but most. Okay, so I want to confirm this again. Backscatter, this is from this article that I'm quoting from. Backscatter doesn't actually emit x-rays, but little tested what they call T-rays or terahertz waves, which is radiation that is positioned between microwaves and infrared waves on the electromagnetic spectrum. And as would be expected, the cartel scientists and corporate media have ensured, have ensured that whether or not T-rays severely damage biological system, it, it is to be a controversial subject. Well, they're trying to say that they don't, they're, they're harmless, basically, uh, up on the mainstream media, from what I've seen. Uh, let's see here. Boren Alendrov of the Center for Nonlinear Studies at Los Alamos National Laboratories, however, has decided opinion has a decided opinion regarding the dangers of T rays. He tells us that T rays tear apart human DNA. Androv and his team at Los Alamos say that although the forces that the T rays exert are small, their resonant effects can unzip DNA strands tearing them apart, thus creating bubbles in the strands that significantly interfere with gene expression and DNA replication. And, by, and whatever that means, it doesn't sound good. This is, I'm reading from the article. Moreover, these T-ray scanners will be operated by non-healthcare hourly wage earners not trained in radiation medicine or imaging. And who is to prevent massive radiation overdoses? What protection will be offered to pregnant women? Children, oh my word, that would be the most horrific thing to have pregnant women through there. When the, when the child is, is in this, you know, the baby's in this fetal form, and now we're exposing it to massive amounts of radiation in its most early formative days. It doesn't get a whole lot worse than that. Uh, what, what damage is it going to do to the reproductive organs of people going through it? How is it going to affect the seed of man and the eggs of women? It is going to... I mean, it's going to tear and rip apart the DNA in the seed and the egg. I mean, we're probably going to have mutant kids or whatever. To a certain extent, that will have to happen. It has to because it's going to tear apart the DNA. It's also going to cause probably a lot of sterility, which is another main goal of them. So, you know, hopefully we've, we've made this point real clear on these scanners 
uh, how wicked, how evil, how draconian they are. I got to end part one here. We'll go to part two next. God bless you.